Welcome to episode 34 of the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women. Today we are continuing to look at Christmas, especially the birth of Christ, through the eyes of women in the Bible. Last week we took a look at Anna the prophetess, and this week we are going to be talking about Elizabeth. All right, let's get started. Hey, Millennial. Welcome to the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women, where you can come as you are, where you are in your faith journey. We're here to explore who God is and what He has to say through studying His words in the Bible. Hi, I'm Katherine Elise, and each week it's my intention to take important, relevant topics and examine them with you through the lens of God's Word and the good news of Jesus. If you're here for an honest look at Scripture, beyond pulling random verses out of context, open to creative ways to connect with the ultimate creator, and hoping for some good old-fashioned critical thinking about living out your faith, you're in the right place. I mean, as a former history teacher, you know I'm not going to let us off the hook with surface-level application. So grab a cup of coffee, put on your favorite sweats, and download that Bible app. Let's get started with today's topic. Lord, Father, please let us see what you want us to see today in the passages that we read. Please let us celebrate in this season the birth of your son, Jesus, who has saved us from everything, sin, death. We have been redeemed and made into right relationship with you. And for that, we praise you and thank you. And we acknowledge the beauty of what Jesus has done. I pray that today we would also see Elizabeth in a deeper light and your relationship with women. And I pray that you would speak through me and that that the Holy Spirit would be moving and working and changing our hearts today, during this episode, throughout the week, during this entire season. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, some context. There is a lot more to Elizabeth's story, actually, than what I'm going to share today. You can feel free to read about her story in Luke 1. I'll just kind of summarize a few things so that you have context, and then we'll dive into the main scripture, which is going to be when Mary interacts with Elizabeth at Elizabeth's home. So Elizabeth is actually the mother of John the Baptist, and John the Baptist was prophesied about in the Old Testament, and he was meant to prepare the way for Jesus, and in fact, he even baptizes Jesus. We find out later in the Gospels that he is beheaded by Herod, the king of Judea. We could say a lot more about John the Baptist, but again, the focus is not on him today. So I'm going to focus on Elizabeth's interactions with Mary And this relates most to Christmas, the birth of Christ, looking at it through the eyes of women, in this case, Elizabeth. Elizabeth has her own very miraculous story. She was actually a woman who was not able to have children until God intervened. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background by reading Luke 1, verses 5, 6, and 7. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of of Abijah. And his wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of the Lord, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. So after that section, we know that the angel Gabriel is actually going to visit Zechariah and tell him that Elizabeth is going to have a child, which of course is going to be John the Baptist. So this happens and it's a total miracle. They did not expect to be able to have children this old. Saying that they're very old probably implies that Elizabeth was not having her monthly cycle anymore. So this is definitely 
God intervening with an incredible miracle. Elizabeth is also described by the angel Gabriel as Mary's relative that is done in Luke chapter 1 verse 36. So we know that Mary and Elizabeth are somehow related. Some versions say that they're cousins, some say that they're relatives. So it's a little hard to know exactly what the level of closeness was in terms of of kinship and, and being relatives with each other, but they definitely were. And when the angel Gabriel visits Mary and tells her that she's going to have a child, which is going to be Jesus, Mary then goes to spend some time with Elizabeth for about three months, it says, in Luke chapter 1, verse 56. And that time when they meet together and see each other, Elizabeth is already pregnant, and that is going to be the focus of what we're talking about today. I also want to emphasize that it says both Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous in the sight of God and that they had observed all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. So Elizabeth was definitely a faithful follower of God. And that's useful background information to know going into what we're talking about today. All right, here's the main focus. Luke chapter one, verses 39 through 45. So Mary literally has just heard from the angel Gabriel and this occurs right after. Verse 39, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And that's it. Just a short little passage. From this, I wanted to talk about some qualities of Elizabeth. We're going to look at five of them and also look through the lens of how she saw Christmas, the birth of Christ, the pregnancy Mary was going to have. And also we are going to talk about what can we learn about Jesus for things there. So first, starting with Elizabeth, it says in the text that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know now if you are someone who's been a Christian for a while or very familiar with the Holy Spirit and and how the Holy Spirit is preached about in church, and maybe you've read the book of Acts before, we might look at this and think that Man, this is so common for believers. Believers are constantly filled with the Holy Spirit, and that is definitely true in our time period. But during this time period, when Elizabeth and Mary, you know, existed, this was before Pentecost happens in Acts. And Pentecost is an event that happens after Jesus's resurrection and his ascension when he leaves his disciples. Now, the Holy Spirit was not described as being in every follower of Christ before Pentecost. Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit comes upon the believers in Acts. So usually before this time, there were specific mentions of when the Holy Spirit was filling people and when the Holy Spirit was working. And at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended upon all the believers and filled all the believers and continues to fill us and work in us today. But when Elizabeth had this experience, that was not yet the case. This event of Pentecost had not yet happened. So it's very significant that the Holy Spirit fills her in this moment and allows her to prophesy. I want to read that verse again, Luke 1, 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, 
the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is a very significant event, the Holy Spirit coming upon Elizabeth and allowing her to say the words that she's going to say. The second thing that I wanted to point out is that Elizabeth was actually a prophetess. So Elizabeth makes a prophecy about the child that Mary is going to carry and birth, which is going to be Jesus. And she makes this as soon as she hears Mary's voice, Mary's greeting her. And as soon as she hears that, she is able to respond with a prophecy. And that means that before Mary even tells her the news about what the angel Gabriel told her about the birth of Jesus, Mary already has been given the special knowledge of what's going to happen by the Holy Spirit. So before Mary even explains what just happened to her, Elizabeth already knows. And that special knowledge is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives her in this moment and allows her to prophesy, predict what's going to happen based on the knowledge that the Holy Spirit has given her. So once again, I will read that prophecy. She says in 42, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And just as a side note, I I just love that John in Elizabeth's womb, he leaps for joy at the sound of Mary's voice. That's so beautiful because of the role that John the Baptist is going to play later in the life of Jesus. She also is able to know that Mary is the mother of her Lord, Jesus the Savior. She knows that that's the case because the Holy Spirit has given her that special knowledge. And that is very special knowledge, knowing that the Savior will come from Mary. Third, she knows that the Lord is faithful. Now, I'm sure that Elizabeth already knew this because it's because she's described as righteous previously. And she also had this very miraculous pregnancy that she's in the middle of right now. And she knows that God will be faithful to her. And she's experienced that for herself. But she also knows this from the special knowledge that is given to her by the Holy Spirit. In verse five, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. She knows that God is going to be faithful in fulfilling the promises that he had given to the Israelites for generations and generations. They had known for a long time that God was going to redeem them through a savior, the Messiah. And she knows now that this is going to happen for Mary and also that Mary can rest in the knowledge that what the angel Gabriel told her is going to come to fruition. She knows that the Lord will be faithful to fulfill what Mary knows already and has been told. And I think it's really cool too today when people have the gift of prophecy and they're able to talk to people and just say, hey, I have been given a word from the Lord and this is what I believe the Holy Spirit said to me. And a lot of times that can be really affirming when someone's able to give you a word of prophecy. And it's cool to see Elizabeth being able to give that to Mary in this situation. Fourth, Elizabeth is humble. And she says in verse 43, But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She's humble. She's not like, yeah, of course you would come to me. Like, I'm such an awesome and righteous and blessed person. No, she says instead, like, why am I so favored? Why would God single me out? to be able to know 
the the mother of Jesus and that she would come to me in this time where she has just gotten this message from the angel Gabriel. Why am I so favored? Recognizing like, wow, God is good. He is amazing. He shows such favor and grace and love upon his people that is undeserved. And Elizabeth experiences that in this moment, a moment of just Wow, such humility in knowing that God has selected her for this purpose, for Mary to come spend three months with her, knowing that Mary was going to carry the Lord Jesus. And the fifth thing I want to point out about Elizabeth is that she encourages women. She encourages Mary in this case. She uses her gift of prophecy in this moment to uplift Mary. She says to Mary in verse five, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. She takes this time in this moment to affirm and encourage a teenager, probably a very young teenager, who is about to miraculously give birth to the savior of the world after having never had sex. That is a crazy situation to find yourself in as if you're Mary and having Elizabeth minister to her, encourage her in this way is such a blessing, I'm sure, to Mary, even though it doesn't say that. But Mary continues to spend such a long period of time, months with Elizabeth. And I think that that is so beautiful that God provided someone for Mary to be with and to experience affirmation and encouragement from someone who was intimately familiar with what it was like for God to provide a miraculous pregnancy, although not in the same way it's miraculous for Mary, who literally was a virgin. But I love to see it. I love to see it anywhere in scripture. I would love to see it anywhere in our modern times, women encouraging and affirming and using their gifts to uplift other women. What a beautiful thing. The last thing I wanted to touch on is what can we learn about Jesus through this passage, through the eyes of Elizabeth, who is seeing that the Lord Jesus is going to be born from her relative Mary. First, he came into this world through truly, truly miraculous circumstances. Like, wow, he chose this teenage woman who had no means, no credentials, was a virgin, And he selects her to bring Jesus into this world. Imagine being Elizabeth in this situation, knowing that that was the case, knowing Mary on some level, knowing that she was about to undergo this experience, this miraculous, miraculous experience of having a pregnancy, knowing she was going to give birth to the savior of the world. And through Elizabeth's eyes, getting the opportunity to encourage that woman so beautiful and knowing that the birth of Christ was going to come through a woman, a humble woman, a woman with no business being selected, except that God found her worthy to do this. And Jesus comes into the world through such humble and amazing circumstances. He could have just appeared. He could have just descended upon the earth and, and started his ministry that way. Yet he came as a child, as a baby, born from a woman through such a crazy process. As someone who has recently given birth, it is truly a crazy process. And he comes in such an amazing way. Second, we learn that Jesus is our Lord. Elizabeth calls Mary the mother of her Lord. 
Jesus is our Lord. He is our savior and he has authority over us. Yet he is so gentle, so humble, so loving. He spends his time healing people, loving people, singling out people who have been pushed aside and oppressed by society and told that they're not enough and not acceptable. And he spent his time with those people. He calls himself gentle and lowly. That's the Lord that we serve. Third, he is the fulfillment of God's promises. God promised his people a savior, one that would deliver Israel and also the Gentiles from sin that we could be made in right relationship with God. And so Jesus comes to this earth as the fulfillment of God's promises. There are so many prophecies in the Old Testament about the coming of Jesus and the life that he would lead and the death that he would die. Jesus came through a woman born as a baby into this world and he saved it. He spent his time ministering to people, loving people, living a perfect and sinless life than going to the cross to die for the people who betrayed him. He died for our sins. And now because of Jesus, we are in right relationship with God if we believe in him and we repent of our sins. And Jesus was resurrected and defeated death. And then he later ascended to heaven. He is the fulfillment of God's promises to us in the Old Testament. And we can read about them and see how miraculous and how beautiful the birth and life of Jesus was. The fourth thing I wanted to say about Jesus is that he had special connections with women. He really did. And you can see it all over the New Testament, especially in the Gospels where his story is told. He was born without the help of men. And I think that that's so, so, so interesting. And by that, I mean, no man was involved in his birth. Not to say Joseph wasn't there. <laughs> okay, there was definitely like men there, right? But but Mary did not have sex with a man in order to produce Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit came upon her and she was able to have her pregnancy without the help of a man. It was through the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's so interesting. Through the Holy Spirit and a woman, our Savior came into this world and he grew up with a mother who had him out of wedlock in a culture where she would have seriously been despised and looked down upon for that. And Jesus had a special connection with his mother and a special connection with a lot of the women that he encountered during his earthly ministry. And of course, that's not to say that men don't also have special connections with Jesus. Like, obviously that is true. But let's not also miss all the times where he had special meaningful, loving relationships with women, all the times that he encouraged and affirmed and redeemed and challenged and taught women, all the times that he chose them, all the time that he used them in his ministry. Let's not miss that as well. And that's what's so special about the way that women are centered in the story of Jesus's birth. It's absolutely incredible. God doesn't do things the way that society expects. God does things in his way, in his timing, and I'm grateful for that. So to summarize, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She was a prophetess. She knows the Lord is faithful. She is humble 
and she encourages women. And what can we learn about Jesus? He came into this world through truly miraculous circumstances. He is our Lord. He is the fulfillment of God's promises. And Jesus had special connections with women. God, thank you so much that nothing about the birth of Jesus was expected. Nothing about it was in line with the way that humans traditionally view power. It was miraculous, Lord. The birth of Jesus is humble and yet world-changing. The birth of Jesus shows us how you select and use women. The birth of Jesus shows us how you redeem your people again and again and again, and you pursue us again and again and again, and you never stop. It shows us how deeply you desired to be in right relationship with us, reconciled with us. It shows us your desire for intimacy. It shows us that you understand our experiences. It shows us your love and your grace and your mercy and your undeniable power. Nothing is beyond you. We love you, Lord. And I pray that in this holiday season, this Christmas season, that you would allow us to really and truly focus on you and the birth of Christ and the miracle of it, and that we would celebrate and rejoice in that. We love you, Lord. Please turn our hearts in a posture of learning from you and trusting you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women. If you got something meaningful out of today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews help more women find the show, and it helps grow our community. Plus, these reviews help me see how God is using this podcast, and that, my friends, blesses me greatly. Oh, and be sure to check out the show notes for more ways to connect with me. See you next time.